Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to episode 93 of the Big Boo Cast. I will go ahead and prepare you for the fact that on this episode, Melanie and I talk about movies and television a lot. And we also, sort of uncharacteristically for us, I think, talk for a good while about marriage. It was so much fun. Before we get started though, I wanted to take a minute to talk about one of our favorite snacks, Kind Bars. Melanie and I are always on the lookout for delicious, nutritious snack options, something that we can throw in a lunchbox or we can grab for a quick breakfast on the way out of the door in the mornings, and Kind Bars are a key to our school time happiness. They taste great, they're made with ingredients we can actually recognize and pronounce, and that is why I'm so excited to tell you about a special deal with the Kind Snack Club. You can try 10 Kind Bars for free, all you have to do is pay shipping and when you order the sample box you'll also get to try kind's snack club where you'll receive monthly snacks at a discount and get members only bonuses i happen to love the kind peanut butter breakfast bar melanie loves their dark chocolate nuts and sea salt bar and the sample box includes those two options as well as other great flavors including their kind pressed fruit bars I think you'll love their 10 snack sample box. And remember, all you have to pay is shipping. So if you'd like to try it, go to kindsnacks.com slash bigboo. That's kindsnacks.com slash B-I-G-B-O-O for full details. And if you decide that it's not for you, you can cancel your Kind Snack Club membership at any time. But I think you'll be a fan of all the kind goodness. Melanie and I are for sure, and we sure do appreciate Kind sponsoring this episode. So, as always, we are so grateful that you joined us, and we hope you enjoy episode 93 as we dig into some of our very favorite topics. We're really glad you're here. Here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Sophie. This is Boo Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. This has been sort of a long awaited podcast recording time for us because I feel like we've had a lot of interference this go round. We've had a lot of things. Well, you were sick. You had the plague. I did. I had the plague. And I will say the plague has lingered, even though I I feel fine now. I, I sound like maybe I, I, I have a slight fondness for a Marlboro Red. I don't. <laughs> But I sound like I, I do, um, you know, but yeah. it's fine. I feel fine. Well, I think that's what happens with this stuff, though, is it gets all in your respiratory system, you know, and then it just lingers. I mean, you know that I know a thing or two about have a ling- having a lingering cough. I don't know if you <laughs> recall how many trips you've been on with me where I've been, <coughs> you know, because I had a sinus uh, infection a month before. I will say Ecuador comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've never sucked on so many mints in my whole life. I hated myself. I hated myself. So I knew you especially hated me because I, I didn't hate you. I really no. did feel sorry for you because there's there are a few things and I don't even think I've told you this. So about a month ago, before I even got the plague, but when I had some 
I don't know, winter allergy onslaught. I don't know any better way to describe it. I was just, I felt like I was, my nose was running all the time. I was coughing all the time. We, David and I went to see Need to Breathe with some friends. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, so they were at the Lyric Theater in downtown Birmingham. It's a gorgeous, older venue that's been recently restored. And at the end of the show, and, and there were cameras there. Like, Need to Breathe was recording this this show for apparently something that they're going to do. I don't mm-hmm. know. But so there were cameras everywhere. And so at the end of the show, they got ready to close with a completely acoustic encore. I mean, it was an acoustic show, but an acoustic encore with no microphones like it was all dependent on the sound in that old beautiful auditorium yeah and I'd seen them close a show like that before and so anyway and they had said like you know as much as we'd love for y'all to sing along this is one time when actually it's no good for y'all to sing along Mm. because of trying to you know capture it on a recording or whatever they were not 30 seconds into this very moving no microphone, acoustic rendition of whatever the song was. And I suddenly had to cough. Oh, no. Oh, listen. I mean, I did not just need to cough. I needed to cough with some fury. Like I, and and but it's, it's stone cold silent in there. I mean, like it's so silent. So I'm, there's Hazel making her appearance. And so I'm trying with everything in me not to start coffin and uh, tears running down my face like that whole thing and I'm thinking at some uh, point I'm just I'm gonna gag like yeah, from not, yeah. you know uh-huh. so finally we get to the end of it and people start to clap and I mean I cough like 15 times in a row uh, trying to it was, yeah. it was it was something else so you just know that if you ever see a live recording of need to breathe in Birmingham the person who's coughing <laughs> like a maniac <laughs> Over the applause, over the sound of the applause is you. Uh-huh. That's me. Yeah. It was awful. It's the worst. There's nothing worse. And a cough is so, because if you have to do it, there really is no holding it in. Like it it just, because you get that, like I've done it to where then you have like tears running down your face. Yes. Like you can't. Oh, it's just terrible. I mean, I, you know, as you know, I have been drinking the kombucha since the fall. And I do believe I have not been sick. Now I'm going to knock on wood because the flu is everywhere right now. But, you know, part of me thinks that it's that kombucha. Well, you tried to get me to drink some kombucha when I was sick this Mm -hmm. last time. You recommended it. Well, I've got the, I mean, we're so paranoid around here. It's so funny with the sickness because we know that everybody's got it. I mean, and like I'm, when Caroline comes home, I mean, I've got her carrying antibacterial in her backpack. I'm like, you need to wipe your hands down after every class. We found out one of her friend's parents has the flu and Perry was like, don't go sit by her at lunch. Her parents have the flu. Like it's, mm-hmm. we're like, we cannot be sick Sunday at church. We like uh, the leadership. We all pray before church and we normally all hold hands. And Perry said, I'm not holding anybody's hand this morning, including mine. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, okay, we live in the same house. We sleep in the same bed. Chances are good Mm -hmm. that if you're going to get something from me, it's probably not going to happen because you've just held my hand here in church. But he got validated because our worship leader's daughter, she texted Perry the next day and said, well, guess who woke up with 102 fever? Her little girl. Okay. So she was incubating a fever. So that just validated the fact that he's probably never going to touch another human being out in public again, ever. Well, I'm, a, you know, our school closed for like, we had three days where we were, we were running with a lot of kids out and a lot of faculty out. Mm-hmm. 
which is why one day I was, I subbed in the, in the um, government class. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but I have a lot of knowledge there. <laughs> and uh, anyways, I subbed for two days in people's classrooms just to help cover. Oh. And, um, and then finally they said, we've got to take a break. And mm-hmm. so we were out on Friday because we had so many kids out. Then the, 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 the ice came in at the beginning yeah. of the week. And so it, it was Martin Luther King Day. And then we were out Tuesday and Wednesday for weather. And I'm telling you, it was exactly what we needed because it was a good little reset in terms of yeah, kind of getting, getting everybody away from one another. Because I yeah. was going around school, like I was opening doorknobs. Like I would stick my hand up my sleeve to open oh, a yeah. door. Yes. I mean, I just, I you know, you don't want anybody to get close. You don't want anybody mm-hmm. near you. But then, then I got sick the day that we got out um, that Thursday before we got out. And then David got it probably like four days later. Yeah. So it's just the worst. Anyway. Well, so far we've been good, but that's, and you know, the problem is I say with the high school is everybody still goes to school sick because they all want to be able to exempt their exams. And so you cannot have a certain number of absences. So Caroline said the other day, she said somebody was just laying on the floor in geometry. And I'm like, no, they need to send them home. Like you can't, if you're that sick, you don't need to be at school. We actually had to have that discussion. And that week when everybody was so sick, actually our principal sent out an email and said, we're going we're gonna to waive these absences as far as affecting exemption. Like if you're sick, stay home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because um, it was just because we same thing. We had so many kids dragging in like because they didn't want to somehow miss out on exemption. And yeah. We need you and your 102 fever to stay at the house. Yes, but, yes. We do not. You are not welcome here. You and your fever are not welcome here. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Anyway. Okay. So since the last podcast, um, we talked about The Greatest Showman on the last podcast. And I actually that day went to yes. see The Greatest Showman. And? I just, I just loved it. I just. It's so good. And Listen. I'm going to say this. I know our friends, Knox and Jamie at the podcast. Yes. I know Knox has linked to articles about here was what P.T. Barnum's life was really like. Yes. I am not going to the greatest showman looking for that to be like the most credible biography of the life of P.T. Barnum. I'm looking to be entertained. Yes. Yes. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking for an uplifting message. Yes. Um, so it was, it was, I don't, it may not be accurate. That's no, fine. But I have never had know. historical accuracy be a determining factor for me in pretty much anything. I mean, like. Absolutely not. Yeah, yes. Listen, I get it. he was probably not a great person. He certainly was not Hugh Jackman, but that movie was so dang good. I'm like, I prefer this whitewashed version of this is, let's pretend like this is who P.T. Barnum is. Because it can be fictional for all I care. I don't care. It was just a great story. I took so much away from that movie. I'm, I'm going to tell you, like you had mentioned like it, it was, that it was such a message about loving people kind of where they are. Mm-hmm. And I like, here's what I took a, a, away from it. Besides that, which was certainly a huge message, like this, this whole notion that, that everybody has value regardless of what their background is or what their circumstances are. Yes. Um, value of every person, the unique giftedness of every person. So I, that was great. And then also I, I felt like in the storyline and the PT Barnum storyline, this whole notion of like, he was, he was onto this really like neat 
idea that he was super passionate about and totally started looking sideways and feeling like he needed the acceptance of certain people. He needed the acclaim of a certain kind of audience and almost lost his family in the process of chasing after that. That whole thing that the enemy always comes in with a counterfeit. Yes. And will always dangle something shiny. And so I love that part of it that like, no, he, like he was, he was, he was supposed to walk his road. He didn't need to go try to walk the the road that gave him the approval of man. Yes. And so I love that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there were so many good messages in the whole thing. Just, it was, it was really, it's, I mean, it has stuck with me and I've still only seen it that one time, but I would go see it again for sure. Cause it's just, the music is so good. I feel like I've listened to the soundtrack a million times. Um, it's just so good. Well, as somebody who works with teenage girls, I cannot tell you the number of times I have walked into my office and somebody has had their phone blaring some song. Yeah. Um, like, you know, this is me or something. Um, like, I feel like the, the, the kids that I work with love it. Um, it was so fun to sit in a movie as a family and to all walk out and go, well, that was fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah. It was because I really was worried because like when Caroline and I went and saw La La Land last Christmas, she liked it and she liked the music. She didn't love it like I loved it because I think La La Land is one of those that like you appreciate it more if you have had some maybe life and love experience, right? you know, because you kind of get all those feelings and all that. And, you know, at 13, she didn't necessarily have all that, Mm. um, nor does she now. But I'm just saying it was one of those bit like the greatest showman. I feel like no matter because I was telling my friend um, who's our worship leader, August, I said, your kids would love it. I said, they're mute. I said, they're young, but I said, it's musical and it's uplifting and the whole thing. I said, there's, there's not a reason why people of all ages could not enjoy this movie. You know what else I thought about when I was watching the greatest showman? And we actually talked about this on the way home back when Dawson's Creek was on the air. If you'd have said, which one of these four is really yeah. going to go on? <laughs> <laughs> which one of these four? I, I will tell you like, I, I, not to take anything away from Michelle Williams' no. talent, but I wouldn't have thought she would be the one who would go on to have this really sort of interesting and yeah. honestly sort of, I mean, super productive career. Yeah. But but lo and behold, look at her now. Yeah. You would have, I think my money would have been on Katie Holmes. Same, same here. But I think she got derailed. I think the Tom Cruise thing, the, those years derailed her, I think. I, I just, I don't know. I thought... Good for you, Michelle Williams. I mean, you have really, you have transitioned well out of that thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, yeah, well played. So, and I feel like even beyond the Heath Ledger years, you know what I mean? Because I think Mm -hmm. she went through that whole tragedy. And I think, you know, she's, she has rebounded and done really well for herself. She's very gifted. Yeah, she is. She is. And I, and I know that Knox and Jamie, or Jamie at least is like Hugh Jackman was being Hugh Jackman, but I loved Hugh Jackman in this movie. Like I, I did too. I loved him in it. I found him very compelling. I think he's very attractive. Um, I just, I like the whole thing. Here's what else I liked about that movie. And this is the last thing I'll say, I'll promise. But there were, I said the same thing about La La Land. A movie with the absence of cynicism is very, very, very rare. Like, yes. you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like there was, it was, it was so refreshingly 
optimistic and upbeat and uplifting and kind of like with La La Land, like you've, you've, kind of, you've got to make a little bit of a leap to get on board with that. Okay. They're going to sing to me. Okay. Yeah. They're going to all start moving yeah. in the same way at the same time, you know, yes. um, because in this world, everybody knows the routine before, you know, I don't know, in the middle of, of the day, they all know to start moving together in a certain way, but I loved it. I just, I so enjoyed it. It was so good. It just really was just, uh, it was excellent. So I can't remember the last time I had enjoyed a movie that much. So when I got sick, then the, like the, I got sick. See, I was the one spreading the crud because mm-hmm. I got sick. And then the next day I woke up and I thought, I think I feel pretty good. Yeah. And so we went to see The Post. Oh, how was that? I'm going to tell you that I loved it. Okay. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I'm going to tell you um, three reasons why I loved it and, and think you should see it. Okay. These oh, are the okay. three, these are the three reasons why I think you should. One is it takes place in the seventies, which means the sets are fantastic. Yes. Like, I love the, that. The, the, the furnishings, the rotary phones, mm-hmm. um, like all of that stuff, the newsroom with the typewriters and the whole thing, like all that stuff makes me super nostalgic. And it's like that alone to me is fun to see in a movie. Mm-hmm. Second thing, Meryl Streep's wardrobe. Mm, I love a good 70s wardrobe. Oh, she wears a hostess gown in the last third of that movie that you would want to own. I mean, like uh-huh. the, the her, it's just, but here's the bigger thing. There's a whole, I mean, there's obviously a whole real life plot behind that movie because it's about the Pentagon Papers and that whole thing. Yeah. But it is such an affirmation of the power of the written word. Okay. And I, and I loved that. Like, you know, and I, I've, I've mentioned before, I'm a sucker for a newspaper movie. I love all the president's men. I love Spotlight and I loved The Post. I just, I love movies that remind us that there's something powerful about the written word and the power of the written word to, to speak truth to power. And, mm-hmm. and I, it was, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Okay. So. Okay. Well, we ended up, I'm trying to think, we saw the greatest showman. We were going to go see something else and it got, it ended up being derailed. I don't remember why. Um, and then I'll tell you what I want to go see that I haven't seen yet is Ladybird. Me too. So, because I've heard so many good things about that, but I just have not had the, I have not had the opportunity to go do that. So my friend Daphne actually texted me a couple of days ago and said, have you seen Lady Bird yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah. I would like to. Yeah. But I feel like for me, this Christmas break, really this first from, from the time we got up for Christmas break until last weekend, I feel like I hit such a, and I, I talked about it on my blog a little bit. I, I hit such a jackpot of entertainment riches where <laughs> Yes. Now I'm just living in this place of like disappointment. Like mm-hmm. I, I read Kelly Corrigan's new book, Tell Me More, which I just loved. I cannot even express how much I love that book. I've always loved Kelly Corrigan. You know, she's my favorite writer. Yes, but I do. this book in particular to me was her, it's her very best. And it's made me think about so much. It's made me think about so many things and the way you handle stuff. Cause it's kind of, a, it's the, it's like the 12 things. I think it's 12, the 12 hardest things to say. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I was wrong or tell me more or whatever. And it's just made me think about how you interact with people like mm-hmm. it's your family and all that. Um, and then she lost a dear friend, Liz to ovarian cancer. And so that felt so close to, where I've been with Jen. And so that really touched me. So I love mm-hmm. that. And then the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay. 
I, God, okay. I love that show so much. I love it so much. I can't remember the last time I've loved a show that much. So when was that? Was I sick yet? I can't remember. I don't know, because you told me I started watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I think you would like it. And I think, was that before or after it had just won the Golden Globe? I think it was just after, it was just after, I think, that it had won. And I, that made me think, oh, I'm going to watch that now. Let us, let us be clear. It is not for children. It is not for children. It is not family friendly, but it it's is, not wildly. I mean, it, it has inappropriate parts, but it's not like scandalously inappropriate either. No, the language is bad. Yeah, um, the language is bad. And there is a moment when Mrs. Maisel is feeling especially liberated. Yes, yes. Um, in episode one, which might not be everybody's yeah, preference. Yes. Um, but especially, I mean, it, nobody would want to watch it if there was a child around. It's the bottom no. line. No. But it's it's very well written. It's it's the, yes. the creator of the Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. It's not the same kind of show as the Gilmore Girls. No, it's not. But it's that same like super witty, like fast paced. You have to keep up with the dialogue, you know, like it, the more like because I've gone back and rewatched like the first three episodes and you catch something because it goes so fast. So you catch little funny things that maybe you missed the first time because it moves super fast to me like Gilmore Girls did. So it's on Amazon, mm-hmm. and um, and I don't know that I would have ever known about it if not for well, one I saw our friend Aaron Moon mentioned it on Twitter, okay, and then um, and then the Golden Globes were the thing that kind of made me go like, oh, okay, I remember now that Aaron mm-hmm. loved that show. Yeah, I mean it's in the clothes. That's one like the, the clothes. clothes are to die for oh my gosh those 1950s clothes and they're I love that because they're upper west side and so like they're just dressed to the nines and those apartments are just incredible it's just I love the whole story I love Mrs. Maisel I just I think she's a character with just a lot of grit and a lot of heart I just love her it, um I've I think I finished. You actually, it's when I told you, you blazed through that sucker. You finished it way yeah. before I did. I mean, you, I did. You, I I committed. I committed because it's only eight episodes. That's the other thing is it's eight episodes, and I will tell you they haven't even started filming season two yet, which makes me feel despondent. So it's going to take a minute. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time. Um. So you had you had the Greatest Showman. You had the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You had Kelly Corgan's book, and now. Yes. Um, the Crown. I finished The Crown. I watched, you know, I did all my British shows. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now, so, okay, so I've asked, I asked on my blog, and I have gotten a lot of comments. So I have made some notes of the shows that seemed to appeal to me the most. And I've, and I feel like here's the thing. I, number one, there were a lot of shows that I had no idea that these were even shows. So many people said, oh, you've got to watch it. I'm going to say it wrong. You've got to watch The Corrells and Durfu. And I'm like, I don't, is that, what are you saying to me? Like, I don't, what is that? But that's a real show. Did I have you know no that? idea what that is. The Corrells and Durfu. I don't know. It's about a British family and it's on PBS, I think. Okay. Um, I have decided, and then somebody said that I need to watch a show called Offspring, which they said is the Australian answer to parenthood. Okay. And so I was like, and there's like seven seasons and it's on Netflix. So I was like, okay. So I've, I made a list of the top like six that appealed to me. But I will tell you that I turned on Offspring. I turned it on last night thinking I'm going to start it. And I was like, I'm just not on board to listen to Australian accents right now. Like I can't, I can't, and not for any reason. I was like, but this isn't, I don't know what I'm looking for. I think that was my whole thing. And I'm like, and Poldark, I've heard it's good, but I'm like, I don't, know that that's what I want right now. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. What I want is, so I think that what I'm going to try to start tonight, what is appealed to me, and maybe it's because it is also on Amazon, is 
I think it's called Mozart in the Jungle. Okay, I've never heard of that in my life. Well, somebody brought it up, and I will tell you, it is about, uh, it sounds very, it, it it has potential to me. It Hold on, I'm going to actually look up and read you the the thing because it's it's a it's a drama it's a comedy it's a mystery it's a thriller um okay it is hold on i'm looking for i want to read you the it's i think there's three seasons and and here's the thing about television in our current time and i think we've probably discussed this before is there are a thousand different avenues where you can watch a program like yes you and i can write a tv program and have it filmed and distribute it on the internet if we wanted to like not that we would or when we couldn't really but you know what i mean like there's just all these different there's hulu and there's amazon and there's netflix and there's you know all all the cable networks have now original programming and so it's just a lot to keep up with it is and i mean it was amazing to me how many shows people mentioned that i was like i've never even heard of that because i think the other thing that has happened which gully and i said is used to when you used to just watch stuff on network television you would see previews for other shows because you would watch commercials and go right. oh Maybe I'll check that show out. Well, I never watch commercials anymore. Like, I, you know, because I fast forward and everything I watch is pretty much on the DVR. So I don't know about what's out there. Right. And also, you don't necessarily get a week in between shows where everybody's talking about what could be coming up next. So yeah. everybody, it's like everybody goes into their pod and puts their headphones on and and watches something from start to finish. And then yeah. they move on. So there's yeah. not as much conversation about the same stuff. Like, yes. Yes. Okay. I'm going to read you. This is off of IMDb. I'm going to read you the description of, uh, so first of all, I'm going to tell you, this is going to, you're going to like this. It's 30 minutes. Okay. Um, which I know you enjoy a 30 minute show. Um, it's love, money, ambition, and music intertwine in Mozart in the jungle, a half hour comedic drama that looks at finding yourself and finding love while conquering New York city. A brash new maestro, Rodrigo, stirs up New York Symphony as a young oboist. Haley hopes for her big chance. Okay. So I feel like it's got music. I feel like it's got drama. I feel like it's in New York. I feel like it's, and it's modern day. I think that's what I need right now is I need like a modern day show. Okay. So that's it. So that's, I'm going to give that one a whirl tonight. I'll let you know what okay. I decide. So, but I, I feel like I, the 30 minutes appeals to me too. Um. I have never heard of that, so I'll be real curious to see what you think. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's got good reviews. I mean, people seem to like it, so we'll see. So if it's terrible, but a couple of people recommended that. Um, A couple of people recommended, now there is a show called Life in Pieces. Have you ever heard of that? I I have heard of that one, yes. I think it actually comes on CBS, but people were saying that it's really funny, and it's, I guess, the first couple of seasons are on Netflix. Um. I have not watched anything that that comes on network television i don't think so i have i have very little to add to the conversation but yeah i think those are all those are all good heads up for me about what's out there well and i'm also watching the bachelor this season which i have not watched in many a season are you watching it this season i have recorded it but i have not watched it listen i'm here's what i'm gonna need to tell you though is so i just watched this morning actually i watched monday's episode because you know they're two hours long so you have to fast forward through a lot of stuff um, and so, but, you know, Ari, the race car driver from Emily's season is looking for love. 
But yes. at the end of this show, and all these girls, I think there's actually, he's got some pretty normal girls on there. He's also got some cuckoos. But okay. um, but one of the girls at the end, you know how they do like after, like next week on The Bachelor, and then they'll show like a scene that like you didn't see, like a deleted scene from the show. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls is telling the other girl, she was like, I heard you told Ari that I was, when I was looking at the compass, that I was really looking at myself in the mirror, and I don't need you to glam shine me. Glam? She is being glam shamed. I didn't know that was the thing. I did not either. Glam shame. And she said, I, and the other girl was like, I used to be a model. I would not glam shame. I was really just being funny because you were looking at yourself. And she was like, yes, but it's just because I was worried about how my hair looked, but you can't glam shame me. Oh my word. And I, I thought, had well, no idea. Of all the things, I would hate to glam shame somebody. But <laughs> no, ma'am. That is uncalled for, a glam shame. A glam shame. So, because when she was pretending to look at the compass, she was really looking at herself in the mirror. Well, it sounds like things are operating on a really high maturity level on The Bachelor this season. Oh, for sure. Uh I'm going to tell you one of the top contenders confessed to him this week that she's only 22 years old. Okay. He's 36. Okay. Okay. And she said, and he said, have you ever dated somebody in your 30s before? And I'm like, no, she hadn't because she's 22. So if she had, (laughs) that's called a crime, sir. I mean, like that's. Oh, my. Uh So when she was telling you last week about her serious three-year relationship, what she means is the guy she went to the prom with. Right. He's 36? He's 36. I feel like that's, I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to age shame, Ari, <laughs> but I feel like that's a little, I feel like that's a little old to be The Bachelor on television. It is, but supposedly we're supposed to buy into that because he's serious about looking for love. I'm, I am, I am very surprised mm-hmm. by these developments. Well, and he told her, he said, I'm a little concerned that you're so young. He said, like, do you still like to go out with your friends? Do you like, he said, because like, I like to get up early in the morning. And I was like, what Ari is trying to tell you is that he likes to wear a cardigan and be watching <laughs> Netflix by 830 at night. And I'm going to tell you, that's great when you're in your 40s. But at 22, I'm just saying I wouldn't have wanted that. You're looking long term for somebody to watch Netflix with you. I just don't know. And, you know put on your sweats and be at home. I don't know that she's your girl. I mean, it could certainly work. It could work. It could work. It could work. But she doesn't come across to me as a girl who is necessarily ready to settle down and be in her pajamas by eight o'clock every right. night. Right. You in know the way what I'm that saying? A 36-year-old man might be. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Is he still so. a race car driver? Um, no, I think he's a real estate agent now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think his I think his race car days are over. I think he's a real estate agent now. Was he ever a race on. car driver? Did I make that up? Yeah. He, okay. No, he was no, he was a race car and he was really good looking. I mean, I remember really liking him during Emily's season, but you knew he was a little bit wild. But he says that like that broke his heart. Like it's he's just now recovered from that. Oh well bless him. And that's I know. And he really what he wants to find is what Sean and Catherine have. Well, that's that's really sweet. I hope he does. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he does too. I really hope it works out. He's got some really normal girls on there. If he would just if he would just stay in that normal lane, I think he could actually find somebody. But I, I don't totally trust yet that he isn't going to end up with the 22-year-old. I will forever wonder if on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like if they don't purposefully encourage the current Bachelor or Bachelorette to keep one or two of your less stable individuals around for 
for drama and ratings. Like I really mm-hmm. wonder if those people who are a little bit more high drama actually pull the wool over people's eyes or if everybody's in on it. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Well, and then I always wonder, is it edited in a way that we're seeing so much of the crazy that they aren't legitimately seeing at first? That could be you know? it. And it could be. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. Like, if you if you follow me around with a camera every day, you could certainly splice that together. And make a case. <laughs> Something. <laughs> I mean, like, just, you know. I'm just just true story. I mean. Yeah. That wouldn't be yeah. much of a stretch. I mean, I see you laying on your guest bed surrounded by all your laundry. They'd be like, well, they see me the other day, they see me talking back to the to the news and Alex coming in and turning <laughs> off the television. I think Mama, I think that's enough. <laughs> Actually happened two nights ago. So, <laughs> I'm thinking about yesterday, Caroline and I, she got her braces adjusted. I took her to the orthodontist and she was looking at me like we went in, through the Sonic drive through to get her a drink before she went back to school. And she had her teeth like kind of all bared, like her lips back. And she was like, I think they did something like to this hook or whatever. And I was like, what do you think they did? And she goes, why are you making that same face back at me? Yeah. Because <laughs> I had my mouth and I didn't even realize it. She goes, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm like, remember when you used to think I was cool? Yeah, ten years ago. Yeah, that we're, was good. We're, we're all a less than generous edit away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from being identified as somebody who might not be the the person to get the rose, you know. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the truth. That's a life lesson. Thank you. Uh, okay. I, I I don't know. Yeah, because there is one this year. Crystal, I feel like, is the villain this year on. Um, and she got like one of the first one-on-one dates. He actually took her home, like took her to meet his parents on the first one-on-one date. Already? Yes. Like it was like a surprise. Took her like back to his house. She met his dog. She met his parents. The weird thing was, is she looked a lot like his mom. Um, and he, I know. And he took her back. But then, but now it's like she convinced herself from that one date that like clearly he's just leading all these other girls. So she likes to tell the other girls a lot about what they're doing wrong and how they need to, you know, and she's, she's one of those. It, const- catch it up. Yes. Constantly taking him away. Like I need my time with him. I need my time with him, okay. you know, and I'm like, oh, so I think she's on her way out. I really thought it was going to happen this week, but there again, they edited it to trick me because it was not, mm-hmm. he kept her. Hey y'all, it's Sophie in the middle of the podcast, and I am just here to tell you that if you would like to keep up with either Melanie or with me or with both of us when you're not listening to the podcast, here's how to do that. We have a Big Boocast Facebook page. It's at facebook.com slash thebigboocast, and we post there when we need to post about podcast-related things. You can also follow us individually on social media. I am on Twitter at Boo Mama. Melanie is on Twitter at Big Mama. And then Melanie is on Instagram at Melanie Shankle. And I am there at Boo Mama 205. We both have blogs. Melanie's a little bit better at posting on hers than I am. But Melanie's blog is called TheBigMamaBlog.com. And mine is BooMama.net. We would love to keep up with y'all when we're away from these microphones. So find us on social media. And we'll get back to episode 93. 
Okay, so while we're talking about The Bachelor, so we got a question. I got an email question. I feel like this ties in because it's about marriage. Oh, oh, okay. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm kind Uh, of scared, honestly. Well, I just, I I think, listen, I've been holding this question because I know my answer and I know your answer to this question, but it has tickled me to no end. So this is a girl, she asked that her name not be revealed, um, but she had recently read Antelope in the Living Room and said that it had made her feel better about marriage in general, Um, just because, you know, just that marriage, that Nobody's marriage is perfect, essentially, which I feel like is really the theme of Antelope in the Living Room. Yes. But she said, here's our question. Um, she said, here's my question for you both. Would you say it's, quote, normal to have a constant low-lying irritation with your husband? <laughs> I'm so tickled. I'm so tickled. <laughs> At least for a season of marriage. It's not anything in particular, but rather an annoyance that if I do X, he will criticize, push back, judge, negative, Nancy me with, for example, if I buy a nice Christmas present, he'll comment that I spent too much and I shouldn't have. If I suggest he go out of town with a friend, I'm directing him. I'm micromanaging. If I'm wanting to put on a TV show of my choosing, he says, put something on your like, but then he'll roll his eyes and comment on how stupid my show is that I'm watching. And I wanted to say, ma'am, are you married to my husband? Because this is very familiar. Listen, listen. Does she say how long she's been married? I think like less than five years. But they've got kids. So it's, so I think it's, and so I felt bad for it because I thought, number one, we've been married 20 years. So you just want to go, yeah, if if I were to sum up, I've really decided, I had told Gully about this and I've decided, I was like, I think that's the best definition of marriage I've ever heard is you just have a simmering low (laughs) annoyance at all times. Listen, I'm going to tell you, like, honest to goodness, I was thinking the other night, there was something that had something that I was kind of processing through last week. And it was, um, I think it was last Friday. Cause I kept, I, I, I couldn't wait to get home to talk to, I, I really wanted to sit down and talk to David about it. Yeah. And so sure enough, he got home and we did, we talked about it for a long time and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I really thought, I thought true story. I think it takes 20 whole years. Yes. I think, and I hope this is not a discouragement. <laughs> Just hang on. In 15 years, it'll be so much better. But I I think it takes, it takes a long time to get to sort of, I, I don't know a good way to say it, except to sort of settle in, not just to who you are, but to who you are together. I really think it takes, maybe not for everybody, and mm-hmm. good for all you people who got this thing ironed out early on. Yeah. But I think the norm is more that it takes a long time to settle into who you really are and, and, and allowing yourself to, to allowing the other person to be who they really are and for y'all to work that thing out together. It takes a long time. Yes. Yes. I totally agree with that. I mean, I think it hits because I remember feeling like we had settled into a little bit of a groove. And I remember particularly because I think this was the year you and I became friends. I think that like the 10th year of marriage um, mm-hmm. I remember feeling like, whoo, this is a doozy. Like 10 years is rough. And like, I remember I had a friend who had told me that the 10th year was hard. And I, I remember in that 10th year thinking, well, she was not kidding. She, yeah. was, she was not, she was not kidding. 
Because I had thought yeah. seven was real hard. I thought three was hard. I thought seven was hard. I thought 10 was hard. I mean, like, and I feel like you and I, I feel like our difficult years have have sort of mirrored each other. It feels like yeah. well, we've been through some yeah. difficult years together. But I would say there are, there are, there are seasons and I would, I would say um, years where uh, I think a low simmering, how did she phrase it? A low lying annoyance. Yes. A low, yes. 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 That it's just, and I listen. I think David would say the same thing on his side of things. I mean, oh, for sure. I mean, it's I mean, not I, like I'm not, I'm not casting him in the role as, as like. I, it has, yes, it has taken us a long time to really embrace and accept one another's quirks and personalities, and that that's really how we are, and. Like, it's not changing. It's not, I yeah. am never going to want to sit down and cast like a long-term vision for where we're uh-huh. headed. I am never going to want to uh-uh. sit down and plan. That is not nope. my personality. He, nope. like, you nope. know, I don't uh-uh. know. I'm never going to put the scissors back in the drawer where I found them. That's I'm going right. to put them in the drawer that's closest to me where I am. And mm-hmm. I am not going to remember to always lock the door and I'm not going to, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. I mean, and I think, but here's the thing is I really have thought about her so much ever since I read that, because I thought number one, yes, I think this tells me that your marriage is healthy and normal because I feel like if you get any woman to be honest, I feel like she would say, yes, there are times I'm annoyed because I think here's the thing. I couldn't share a house with anybody and a life and a checkbook and all that stuff with anybody that I would not get annoyed with from time to time. I mean, it's just, I mean, you think in college, I got annoyed with my roommates at times, mm-hmm. you know, like, and we were a bunch of 19 year old girls. I mean, I just think it's a function of doing life together because you're not going to always agree. And, and I think that you kind of like in 20 years, like, here's what I know. That's why I need to know about Netflix because Perry can watch. I'm going to tell you that you want to talk about low-lying annoyance is like for the last three nights, he's got a hunting show on our TV turned down low Mm -hmm. that he's just keeping an eye on. And he's watching something true detective or something on his computer loud, like with no earbuds. Okay. But you know what I do? That's where we are. And so I'm never going to get to sit and nor do I want to sit and watch one of my shows with him sitting Mm -hmm. there making commentary. To me, that is why God has now given us earbuds and Netflix and our own laptop, Mm -hmm. because I can sit and I can read my own book. I can watch my own show and he can be doing whatever he wants over there. And, you know, in a perfect world, I so wish that, you know, it would be great if he wanted to sit down and watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel with me. He does not. Right. Not in a million years. Like that's just, that's not who he is. That And that that's what I think I mean when I say it takes a really long time to, to not just settle into who you are, but to who you are together. Because I think mm-hmm. that, I don't mean to say that you lose hope. <laughs> that's what, that's what it kills any, <laughs> it kills all the dreams that you once had. But like, I remember thinking when we got married that like, what we needed to do was that we needed to sit like side by side with our arms around each other and watch television. Yes. Yeah. Which is all yeah. fine and good until you do that for about three nights. And yeah. like, like, that's just not, that's just not who we are. And so it takes a while to shed all the expectations of what this, what, a, what a good marriage looks like, or what, you know, what the perfect marriage you've been con- been conditioned to think that is just there for the taking. It is hard work. And it requires yep. giving a lot of grace to one another and, um and giving yourself a lot of grace too. like, so yeah, yeah. 
And I think it's hard. I think to me, and I think because she's got little kids, like I will yes. say, like the toddler years to me were some of our hardest years because Absolutely. I think you're so exhausted yes. anyway. And like at the end of the day, I mean, I remember those years being so vivid of like getting Caroline in bed and like, I don't want another person asking me for something mm-hmm. or touching, touching me, me or mm-hmm. looking at me mm-hmm. or breathing on me mm-hmm. or anything because I'm done. Like I've been on all day long. And so I think those are such hard years anyway. I agree. And I think when you get on the other side of that, um, because I feel like in this season of parenting, having a teenager, I feel like in so many ways, Perry and I have never been more of a team when it comes to parenting. I because agree. I feel the same way. We, I feel like we're, yeah, we, we're both equal voices in that because we're we're both we're both doing equal parenting, and I and I know that maybe that's different in different homes, but I feel like toddler the parenting is not necessarily as equal as it is later on. I um, I would say like the same exact thing. I think it is, there's something so fun to me about sharing life um, and, and kind of doing life with a teenager. And mm-hmm. there's a whole a- a other aspect of community that kind of comes into your life because you're suddenly, you're connected to different families in different ways. And yeah, um, it is, it is nowhere near as isolating to me as it was to have a little one. And mm-hmm. so, and I know that it doesn't have to be that way. It just was for me. And I think that that takes it, that, that really makes for some stress in a marriage. And so when you're, when you're, when your person or your people are a little closer to who they're going to be, things just operate with a different dynamic, you know, like, yeah. so, um, Cause this is, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like David and I have never been more of a team and I feel like I have really never depended on him as much as I do now, not just for parenting stuff, but really emotionally, I feel like I depend on him a lot more than I used to because I'm not quite as shut down as I was. <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> Cause make no mistake, there were some years where I had shut it on down <laughs> shut it down so, yeah, that's just that's real life yeah it is it is real life and I think marriage is hard and I think that I mean to take it back to like the greatest showman I mean I think if there's anything that I have learned is your marriage that is certainly not a place where you want to let yourself give in to comparison because I think everybody's marriage has to work for them. And I think people have good seasons and bad seasons. And I think the dynamics that work for one couple aren't going to necessarily work for you. And so you have to be okay with that. I mean, I remember one of the things with Perry is, I mean, we had some friends that like they did everything together. They grocery shopped together. He wanted to go to the mall with her. He wanted to, I'm going to tell you, Perry has not asked one. I don't know that we've ever been grocery shopping together. Mm -hmm. Like that's just not, nor do I want him to go with me. I mean, but I, I would kind of build it up like, well, what's wrong with us that we don't want to, you know, whatever. And like, I think this New Year's Eve, like Caroline was gone and Perry's like, you want to go down to the ranch with me and shoot guns? And I was like, I know I should probably say yes, but no, that sounds terrible. It's cold. I don't want to go do that. Like you have to figure out what works for you and not, you know, let yourself feel like you're supposed to look like somebody else's marriage. Cause I do think that can create a lot of discontent because I think things can look really good from the outside and everybody has their struggles. For I sure. Believe. Yeah. And like, I, so. you know, I, um, I don't know. I, I think that for a long time, the comparison thing will, will, will it will get you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think that your mm-hmm. marriage has to look like somebody else's marriage. And um, and that's why I think it's really good to be connected in community in some way with other families, because mm-hmm. it helps you to see that everybody does not function the same way. 
Like, yeah, you know, it's not like there's not one, there's not one ideal way that everybody has to function. Um, mm-hmm. And I think when you're in, when you're exposed and in community with other families, you start to see that everybody's got their quirks and everybody's got their way of doing things. Um, we have, we have some, some friends who never, never go in the same car anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. and if yes. you tell me that, like, they always are in separate cars and it's, it's mm-hmm. like, it's endlessly entertaining to me. But if you had told me that when I was, had been married for two years, I would have been like, oh, well, what's wrong? Well, yeah, having their cars. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. That was, that's so funny. Cause that was one of the things I loved in Kelly Corrigan's new book is she talks about how her, one of her cousins asked if her parents were getting divorced cause they never took the same car anywhere. And she said, <laughs> like, and she said that her mom, it started on Sunday mornings where her mom got tired of them pushing every single button she had to get ready for uh-huh. church and just decided she wanted to be on time and she wasn't going to wait for him. And so she just took her own car to church and let the rest of them come when they came. And I thought, that's one of those things where you're like, oh, I mean, Gully and I say that now, like we have a friend that was married back when we were in college. She was, it was the older brother of one of our college friends. And we got to be friends with he and his wife. And there were things that we did that where they were like, well, God, that seems kind of mean. Like they're it. And now we're like, oh, I totally get that now. You know, like that makes complete sense, but you don't know that. Mm-mm, you don't. So it, yes, I think if there's any hope I could offer, it's that I don't think that the, the, the simmering resentment um, you don't, you don't live in that space forever. Um, yeah, there's never, there's never going to be anybody who can make you more frustrated or angry than the person Mm-mm. you're married to. I mean, no, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. And I think it doesn't, and I, and, and both ways, I mean, I know, I mean, I know there are times that I do stuff and it drives Perry crazy the way I do stuff, but oh, it's James. just, it is, I mean, you know. I'm a real peach to live with. I can tell you that. Like, <laughs> I, I am not. Oh God! For somebody as structured as David is, and I am like so loosey goosey, fly by the seat of my pants, like not into details at all. I mean, he really is. He has the patience of Job. I feel like sometimes to not mm-hmm. um, be just continually. I mean, he may be continually frustrated by me, but he does not express that at least. So. No. Well, I told Perry it was so funny because, you know, I always say my thing is now that in 20 years of marriage, I just tell him I have other gifts when he's like, why didn't you da, 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 da. why didn't you whatever? And so the other night I'd cooked that chicken fried elk steak for dinner mm-hmm. and he took a bite and he goes, this is so good. And I was like, this is one of my gifts. That's like, right. This is, but it's like, I, I kept telling him I had other gifts, but for a long time I couldn't, but I was like, oh, I can identify one. This is, this is one of my gifts. Like, right. sorry, this is. This will carry me for the rest of the year because this was one of my gifts on display. So there you have it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Hang so. in there is what I say to that young mama. Yes. And know that you're normal. I mean, I just think that that's so normal. So, um, but I, and I'll say this too, and I think it was Beth Moore that said this a long time ago, and I've always said it is sometimes the best part of staying, being, of staying married is being glad later that you did. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is the truest, you know, um, is to look back and go, Oh, I'm glad we weathered that. Now I will say, I always feel obligated in any kind of situation where we talk about marriage though, that if somebody is truly being mistreated, like if it's not just like, yes, if it's not, sure. if it's not like just normal day to day, you know, but if somebody is really being mistreated or, um, or is in danger or anything like that, we are certainly not saying that you just stick it out and hope it'll get better. No, no, no. We're talking about if they don't like the same show you watch yeah. on TV. Yes, we're talking about like low level, um, yeah. lower level things. But any kind of dangerous situation, no, no, ma'am, you get right. You, yeah. you go find somebody who can help you and 
Yes. Um, so just, just to clarify. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So well, there you have it. Mm-hmm. I, um, it's funny though that you even mentioned that because I, I have been thinking a lot about marriage lately. Um, just, I don't know really even why, but, but I did honest to goodness think the other day it takes 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think it's funny. I just think it takes time to settle in. It mm-hmm. just, uh, I mean, it takes 20 years. It takes 20 <laughs> years to settle in. There's somebody listening to this going, I've been married for six years and they're telling me I got to wait 14. I mean, you have good times along the way, but I feel like when you get to be, when you're at your 20 year mark, it's just a lot, but I think it all coincides with a lot of stuff. I think a lot of times at 20 years, I think financially you've kind of figured each other out, like maybe you're a little more financially stable. Maybe you're not, but at least you've kind of figured out your dynamic and and all that. Your kids are a little bit older, which I feel like gives you some breathing room. I feel like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of other things that happen in life that, that help that be kind of a marker. And you're just older. Like I'm a, I'm a much, I'm a, I'm a, not, well, maybe not a much different person, but I am a different person in my forties than I was when I, we got married when I was in my twenties. And so, oh, yeah. you know, so you, you handle things differently. You respond differently. I feel like I'm a, I'm a little bit more of a straight shooter now than I used to be. And like mm-hmm. David, David likes a straight shooter. So I think mm-hmm. there are, you see different parts of your personality sort of change over time. And a lot of times I think it, it, you settle into to being even more compatible than you were when you first got married. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. So, so that was the question that I had. Okay, I don't have it. I don't have a single question, but okay. I can make one up if you'd like for me to. No, that's okay. Did you have any other? Do we have any other topics? Well, to I did. I did get a very exciting direct message on Instagram about oh. a week ago, where somebody felt like they had discovered your camellia boots at the North Shore here in Birmingham. Which I didn't even tell you this part. No, so she. So uh, uh, someone sent me a picture and I was like, okay, that's close. I thought the heel might've been different, but I called Nordstrom Rack and, mm. and asked them if they had those boots in an eight and a half. Well, he couldn't find them. And then, but I was, this is when I was sick. And so yeah. the girl who messaged me was going to buy them and then like meet me so I could get them for you. But um, as it turned out, I, you confirmed that they were not in fact the, the, yeah, it's, no, they are not the camellia boots. It's funny because I've had several people that have been so sweet and they've messaged me and they've sent them. And I think that what has happened is last year's version of those Sam Edelman boots have hit Nordstrom Rack, which yes. happens. So Lord willing, that means that maybe this year's version will hit Nordstrom Rack next year. Of course, by then I probably won't even want them anymore. But um, but the heel is darker. And so part of what I loved about the camellia boots this year's version is, is the heel is a very light wood. So the entire boot is almost the same color. Okay. Um, so that was, and I do think the heel for this year's version is a little bit lower. And there's also something different about the front of the boot, like the way the boot shaft meets the actual shoe part of the boot. Okay. Um, but I can't, <laughs> but anyway, just know. But then somebody did tweet me that they had found them on Poshmark for sale. Yes, um, I saw but, this. And those were the right boots. Those actually were, but they were a size nine and she was getting rid of them because she felt like she normally wears a nine, but they ran a little bit big. And see, I'm normally an eight and a half. So I felt like I knew the nine was going to be too big. I can't believe you didn't just stuff a sock down in the bottom of those suckers. Well, and- <laughs> After all you've been through. I know. Well, and I honestly really thought about it. But here's the thing. They were she was not selling them for the sale price. I mean, they were expensive. And I thought I can't spend 
pretty much close to $300 on a pair of boots that don't even fit. I mean, I do have my limits. Okay. So, um, and I think it's also helped that I think during Christmas season, I was real high on getting those boots because I was dressing up more. But when you've lived through a blizzard and you've been home the first part of January and you pretty much haven't gotten out of sweatpants and Uggs, all of a sudden you're for a pair of high heel boots, you kind of like, eh, maybe, or maybe I just need another pair of tennis shoes. Okay, the the, my, the part of me that, that works with girls all the time, and it always, you know, feels like I second guess what I say and, about certain things. Yes, I feel like I need to, I feel like I need to, I need to revisit the marriage thing and just oh, say okay. this. I feel like I feel like this is this has come on me for a reason. So we are very mindful that there are some cases and some instances where for whatever reason, like that marriage never really shakes out. Like it never really settles down. It never really, it, it, for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. And we are certainly not trying to ignore or Mm -mm. diminish the experience of people who have been in really tough situations with their marriages and have, have, have not, you know, hit a point where suddenly things just sort of, you know, leveled out over time. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, but I, and I think it's just, and I think because like having so many friends that are younger, I just think that if you feel like you're going through a hard season, I mean, I just think you don't, you certainly don't want to, I think my fear is always, I never want people to buy into like, there's this perfect person and you've got this soulmate that's out there and all that stuff that sometimes I think you just have to work through where you are and there's good and bad with that. But all that being said, I think sometimes it either doesn't work or there are reasons that you've got to get out or it's not a healthy place for you or whatever. And so yeah. I think that's a whole different, that's a whole different animal from what we're talking about. Yeah. Just sorry for the whiplash there, but it, that just, I was like, Oh, I don't want anybody to feel like we're saying if you had just given it longer because yes. sometimes because of the issues that two people bring into a marriage, the, those issues can be very destructive and, I'm not trying to diminish that or make light of that or anything like that. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all. So, and no, see, that's, that's one. Of, that's one of my that overthinking thing right there. That's one of my <laughs> one of the yeah, charms. That's I. I wouldn't ever want anybody because I mean that's because I think if nothing else, like I look back and I always say now, like, and I, I even wrote about this some is like I feel like because my parents were divorced, like now I look back and I'm like, oh, that was so not as black and white as it felt like to me as a kid. exactly right. Yeah. You know, like you just, you realize I have so much more grace for that and mercy for that after being married, because now I get, I'm like, oh, it is so hard. Like it's, it's, it's hard under the best of circumstances, much less if it's not under the best of circumstances. Yes, absolutely. Say two people who have at at varying I, I would say that we we've both we've had some low lows over the years. I'll just I'll say that. Yes, yes. It's all, it takes work. I mean, it's nobody. Whoever said marriage takes work wasn't kidding. It takes work. They knew what they were talking about. Yeah, they knew what they were talking about. Um. Okay. So you mentioned to me one day last week that you were mm-hmm. listening to an album as you drove home that you loved a lot. Yes, it was Tasha Cobb Leonard. Yes. Um, God, what's the name of it now? I can't think of it. It's her. Okay, so I had not heard of her, which I felt like was probably when I, because I, it was one of those things that I saw her, Robin Roberts had her on um, Good Morning America, and she performed, and then Robin Roberts tweeted, um, and it had gone backstage to her dressing room, and they'd done kind of like just an impromptu, like kind of interview session or whatever with her in her dressing room. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm in love with Tasha Cobbs Leonard. And so, you know, me, I thought, well, I have discovered something. Me and Robin Roberts have discovered a little known (laughs) 
gym in the yes. musical world. Um, and then pretty much I looked her up on Instagram and I was like, oh, me and like half a million other people know yes. about Tasha Cobbs Leonard. So that's why I texted you and said, do you know? Because I felt certain because you always or the first, you know, music way before I do. So um, the album is called Heart Passion Pursuit. Yes, that is it. Um, and she's so gifted. And I told you at the time, she was on a Kirk Franklin album a few years ago that I adored. And there was one part in, in a song where Kirk Franklin says, sing it, Tasha. <laughs> and which is a refrain with Alex and me all the time. Like when okay. I'm really into a song, he'll say, sing yeah. it, Tasha. <laughs> um, but, but she's so gifted so so gifted and um god i just i love that album i've been listening to it so much and it's so good and it really is one of those things that i've wondered i'm like why did i not where have i been like what what rock have i been living under that i was not aware of her but i didn't know but oh my gosh i just i love her and i loved her on good i'm like i loved what she said on. i mean i think that was it is before i'd even heard her sing i just loved what she was saying to robin roberts and just her humility and her spirit she just had such a just such a beautiful way about her that I was very drawn to her. And so I was happy when she began to sing. I was like, oh, she's actually talented. <laughs> she's this very really, talented. Wow, yes. this is really good. So Okay, so Tasha Cobbs Leonard, um, Heart, Passion, Pursuit is that album. And then I think I sent you, didn't I send you the link to the thing I've been listening to for the yes, last she week? Did. Yes, she did. Okay, which I is, loved it as well. Okay, so it's an album. Um, it's by an artist named Charity Gale, G-A-Y-L-E. And, um, and I don't even know how I ran across this one. I can't even, I, I, like I, I clicked on something, but it's called Lord, You Are My Song. And it's, it's a gospel praise and worship album is the best way I know how to describe mm-hmm. it. And I love me some gospel music. And, um, I, and I kind of know instantly when I start to listen to one, if it's going to, if it's going to stick with me. And this one mm-hmm. has like, I mean, it has, you would be, you, it, you would be likely at this point, as much as I have listened to this album, to walk into my office at school and find me just with my hands up. Like, it's just mm-hmm. so good and um, so worshipful and I adore it. So anyway, it if you're so good. Some, like, some praise and worship music with sort of a gospel um, and you know what? You know what? I immediately Googled about Charity Gale is, is she the daughter of Crystal Gale? And she is not. Uh, she, but it, I really well, hoped it would have felt like my life had come full circle had she been, but she well, was not. I feel like probably Gail is her middle name, don't you? I don't probably. know. But what cool? I guess Crystal Gail—that was her middle name, wasn't it? But yeah. it's um, it's delightful, and it has a—it's it, just—it's—it's it's phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. so those are two. If you're looking for something to listen to, um, that will be uplifting and encouraging, um, especially if maybe if you're feeling a little um, low simmering resentment in your marriage, maybe this will. Uh, well, yeah. well, we'll minister to you. We'll minister to you right where you are. So, um, anyway, um, I'm going to tell you something else that has been that has just sucked me in this week, and you know that this is just right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Is I and it was it popped up on my Facebook feed, and it was a it was an article on bustle.com. Um, oh yes, okay, yes, you know, and it was I'm going to tell you the the title of the article is 60 dope things on Amazon Prime that have a cult following. Oh, I saw that link somewhere and I did not click on it. Well, you shouldn't have because I have now ordered some knives. I have ordered some some charcoal something for my teeth. Uh, 
<laughs> Wait, you said for your teeth. I thought you were going to say for the grill. I didn't, no. know. I didn't know where we were going. No. That. It's called, some sort of miracle for my teeth. For my teeth. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Stop. Stop. Not where my mind was headed. That's no, it's right. really not when you're thinking about charcoal. I mean, <laughs> for if you my knew, teeth. okay, for okay. my teeth, if you knew how much I wanted to order every single thing on this list that I had to, I had to, I had to make myself say, stop. This is the, the teeth whitening charcoal really intrigued me. Okay. Um, but it's, I mean, but we needed some new steak knives for the kitchen. So I ordered steak knives. These are all in there. They are all one piece. So you don't have to worry about the blade um, becoming separated. I mean, there's a towel that helps you blow dry your hair faster. There is a gadget that depits avocados. Um, I mean, it's like, it's, it's the gimmicky. I'm like, it's, it's really like looking at a sky mall catalog where you're like, I didn't even know that I needed that, but now I do. Okay, so that when I saw this article, it was that like the the picture of the girl with the oh, you're like your snail repair cream is on the yeah, list. Yeah, I know, I know. Which I I have to make a confession that I just cleaned out my bathroom cabinet over New Year's and I threw out the rest of my snail repair cream. Okay, well so, you never know until you try. No, and and it might. Here's the thing. I will say, I really only used it about two or three times. And then I discovered the rosehip oil, which, as we know, has changed my life. And so I was like, I don't need, I'm done with the, I just like the rosehip oil better. Not only does it seem more appealing than snail mucus on your face, Mm -hmm. it also seemed to be doing the trick. Did you also order the Dr. Pedicure foot exfoliating mask? No, but you know I wanted to because it peels the dead skin off the bottom of your feet in sheets. Yeah, I knew, I mean, when I saw that, I felt like, well, surely Uh she got that. Well, I I really, I'm going to be honest, the only reason I didn't is because I feel like that's going to be a summertime purchase because right now I'm in boots and socks so much that I don't know that I need my feet to be their baby softest. But I mean, that, I mean, if for nothing else, I mean, just does it really do that? Okay. I, I'm going to, I'm going to dig through this thing here in a little bit. I'm going to really, I, I feel like I, I, this is how I'm, I may spend my, my Thursday mm-hmm. night. Yeah, it's a kind of, I mean, there's a stretchy silicone lid cover that's environmentally friendly, that's an alternative to plastic wrap that just you can reuse over and over again to cover up like mugs, bowls, whatever in your refrigerator. I mean, it's really a rabbit trail. This is what I got, a scrub that whitens your teeth with charcoal. It's the tuxedo teeth whitener. And so you put it on your teeth and you scrub and then you to brush your teeth after and it's supposed to make them super white. I want this pizza roller that slices without yeah. destroying the toppings yes that's odd that was the other thing Alma. i mean there was some stuff that i was like it doesn't even tempt me but there was a lot of stuff that i was like oh i there's a microwave soup mug that has a lid that keeps your soup from exploding everywhere well i this is this may be my gift source for 2018 <laughs> i mean it's i, I mean 60 things i know 60 things i've been fascinated by it and and every time I go through I'm like there's something else that I feel like I want like I don't know it's just it's it's a I feel like it's a and here's the thing that they all have in common at least the ones I've clicked on they all have like all high reviews this wallet ninja did you see Uh that yeah uh uh-huh it has all the tools there are two people in this house that would love that I know that's what I'm telling you there is I mean it's it's a lot of good stuff I've got to look away or else I'm going to read the list. 
with our remaining time. I know. And that's what everybody really wants is for us to say, and look at this, a putty toy that helps you relieve stress. <laughs> Keep in mind, we are two people who started a podcast by reading in style to one another. Well, that's true. <laughs> on page 64 did you see <laughs> just going back to our roots really oh gosh so um anyway so there you have it i will say another product just another little thing and i'm this is just a this would be a fun little gift and or something for maybe a I don't know, a woman in your life, a sister, a best friend, a daughter or whatever. But I found it right before Christmas because my friend, Jen, who's actually, she edited my devotional book. She uh, did an Instagram story about it. And it's called Face Story. And it's like a mask of the month, like club, like it's like a birch oh. box, but all face masks. Oh my goodness. I know. And so you can get a subscription. Well, I went on before Christmas just as a stocking stuffer for Caroline and I ordered what I thought was just one box of face masks, but apparently I accidentally subscribed because we just got another box today. So I had to go on and cancel my subscription because we don't need, but it's like a box of like eight different face masks. So you could get to where every month you get like a box of all these different kinds of face masks. And I think it's really cute. And they're all supposedly really good and they're super cute. Just FYI. What's it called? Face Tory, like face Tory, like history face Tory. And it's okay. all masks. Face like, not like factory, but face, face Tory. Yes. Okay. Um, so anyway, but Caroline isn't a big, she loves a face mask right now. Like that is her love mm -hmm. language. And so um, she and I go back and forth with our face mask. So I was excited to see that. Okay. So anyway, somebody well, might like that if you're looking for a cute little gift idea. And if you don't find something on the 60 dope things on Amazon <laughs> <laughs> that are all dope. I mean, that's an afternoon's entertainment right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, just to go on and read the reviews and to see what all your options are. That sounds delightful. Was that Caroline asking you to come pick her up? It was, yeah. She said she's ready. She's got, so okay. I got to go. Yeah. So now it's time for the next part of my day. Okay. Well, we okay. will um, hopefully not be so long in between podcasts. I know. Um, but here we are. Here we've been. And off we go. Yeah. Better late than never, I always say. That's right. Okay. Well, okay. we'll talk to y'all later. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye.